Hey, Duncan. Hey, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. So uh, I've got a quick uh, question for you, mate. So what did Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Oprah, Steven Spielberg, and Kanye West all have in common? Uh, they're all famous. <laughs> that was an easy one, but no, they were all college dropouts. <laughs> mm. I think if we're talking about um, things you mentioned, fame, I thought that would be a good icebreaker for us to talk about the topic today, which is greatness. So welcome to Cloud Streaks, a podcast where Duncan and I like to discuss topics, ideas, or things that we find interesting and use the medium of long-form discussion in order to help deepen and expand our understanding on said topics. So today, um, Duncan suggested that we have uh, you know, an exploration around the idea of greatness, what it is, uh, and what we think it actually uh, you know, involves. So actually, different. what differentiates people that are great at something from those that are average at something? So it's not about greatness. and I think that the standard way that you're taught in the West is you're born good at something or bad. So as an example, Jesus was God's son. He was born special. And, you know, frankincense, gold and myrrh, you know. Also, the prophet Muhammad was born special. He was the prophet. Whereas if you go to the East, you have Confucius, who was like, you know, one of their person, and Buddha. They were just wise people. So they weren't born special. They just became wise. And I remember someone who was Indian said to me 10 years ago that Jesus was your guru. I'm like, no, Jesus is not our guru. He's God's son. And so to me, baked into the Eastern canon is that you're born and you build yourself to become great and baked into the Western canon is you're born different. And I think that the evidence bears out that the East is more right. And so what I'm positing here is that someone who's great in a field, teaching, comedy, mathematics, politics, parenting, you know, whatever, um, built themselves to be great. Not that they were born great, and so the difference is the leveling up that they have done. So, like this, this is really, really interesting. So, um, so what I think we're doing here is we're trying to figure out first of all that we understand, uh, at least between you and I, what it is that we mean by great. Uh, and I think where a lot of people start is this idea of like, well, do we see this as something that you're born with, or this is something that you can build into yourself? So, I really like the the. The, the dynamic between Western and Eastern, um, you know, like whether it's religion or philosophy on uh, people like Jesus versus Buddha. Um, for me, what, when we talk about greatness, I think another really helpful rubric is the sense of, well, there are there, there, there is this average, um, you know, measure of any kind of like dimension. So I am average height or I am average in my test results because I know where I stack across everyone else. And like when you look at the dictionary definition, it really just boils down to above average. <laughs> so it is quite a subjective terminology. So rather than just talking about you can build yourself to being great, is there more that you have on the actual idea of what it means to be great? Yeah, I'm not talking about it, and I suppose I should try to clarify. There are things which you inherit, like your skin color, your eye color, you know, uh, how your serotonin levels. So as an example, some people have more fast twitch fiber and are going to be better sprinters. So a lot of the physical things are inherited, but the mental things, no. So Joe Bola, who's a um, professor at Stanford in education, says that five to 10% of people have a biological impediment that's very hard to overcome. So something mm -hmm. like hardcore ASD, dyslexia, you know, Down syndrome or something. But the other 90-ish percent, there are slight differences for things like mathematics, things like writing, things like comedy. So, you know, things like parenting 
um, but that they are effectively irrelevant versus the upgrades that you do. So I'm referring to most people's jobs or increasing portion are going to knowledge work. So in the knowledge work field, so whether you are, I don't know, a real estate agent, a doctor, a teacher, you know, an accountant, you're not born, oh, you're, you're a great accountant or you're a great real estate agent. You're born, you know, if you don't have that sort of, you know, biological, you know, sort of, I suppose, disadvantage starting point, effectively starting with the same point everyone else is at level mm -hmm. zero and you can level up. So one thing dad said to me um, a while ago, he said, you either become the job and you get good at it or you don't. And that was really interesting. And so he's, what he was saying, I think, is that people that start up as a real estate agent aren't necessarily good real estate agents and they become a good real estate agent and they are good at the job or they don't and they leave. So this is, uh, so this is helping me get a better understanding because I actually um, don't find the, the, the dictionary definition of like, you're above average, therefore you're great. And when I listen to you talk about like, you know, you, you can build yourself, you can, um, you know, there is this element of potential. And I do think like, you know, there are always exceptions, of course, and you kind of pointed out a couple of those. But I, for me, I believe, you know, most human beings have potential. And what that potential is, is the distance between where you are now and what you could become. And I think it's that idea of building yourself. Thoughts on that, Duncan? Yeah, um, I think that potential is a, is a fixed mindset word. So the right. idea of growth mindset was initially called the incremental theory of intelligence. And so basically this, so you're not, you know, the hardest you can work and you kind of have a ceiling. So basically the, there is no ceiling in the mm. mental pursuits. So as an example, the boundaries of human knowledge keep getting further and further away. So to do a PhD in whatever medicine now requires more study than it did a hundred years ago. And so to me, there's no such thing as potential in the intellectual bounds. There is being unlocked to be unlimited. And so to me, you're not predisposed to be better at comedy or better at sales or better at mathematics. You're better at the ones, you all start at level zero, right? You're better at the one where you've done more leveling up in. So one of the analogies I like is if you've played a video game for 100 hours and your friends never played the video game, who's better? The person that's played the video game for 100 hours. But in some areas like mathematics, someone's done hundreds of hours of Lego, which is mini mathematics before school, and someone's never played Lego. Who starts off better? Well, the person that's done 100 hours of playing the mathematics or the numeracy game, and they get told they're good at maths in, in prep, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not biologically better. It's the upgrade they've done to themselves. And the limit on mathematics is not there. It's limitless. Right. So um, there's yeah. no potential, basically. We'll, we'll skate past Duncan trying to slide in the excuse as to why I'm better than him at Mario Kart, but that's okay. Um, so when we talk about potential, I, I agree that there is, you know, you, you do have to take with it the, um, the inherent meaning, which is there's, there's this kind of limit or the ceiling. Um, when I think of it, though, I think of like when human beings set goals, what do they do when they achieve that goal? They're like, do they sit on their back and be like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm now a complete piece of work. It's like, well, no, I think they go, all right, well, this is done now. What's next? And they keep on um, leveling themselves up. But like, I agree if we say, you know, there's this unmet potential that you have, then that might be a fixed mindset where maybe it's just this idea of there is, uh, you know, there is an approach that you can, uh, you know, adopt where you're constantly trying to continue to improve, trying to continue to build, trying to continue like leveling yourself up in such a way. So maybe greatness isn't like this 
end game or like, okay, you've done this, you're now great. It might be this, you know, this journey that you take, which is continuously trying to develop yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think that there is no destination. I, I'm much not sort of believe in that at all. Life is a journey, not a destination. And in the mental pursuits, you can level up indefinitely. And so greatness is just, well, what's the average person's level? Let's just say that level zero is birth. And hopefully most people get beyond level zero in speaking. You know, you can speak, you can write, you can do some mathematics. But great is the level difference between the average. So let's say average is level 10 and you might be level 100. So you're 90 levels up. Mm. And so to me, there is no ceiling. You can just go there. So have you gotten better at something? I think almost everyone has. And do you know what you did? Well, upgrades equals quantity times quality. So I'm not saying that every hour of upgrades is equal. You can do some high quality ones and low quality ones. You've, you've all tried to improve at something and you found out at the end of it, it's a total waste of time. And some things you've done and you're like, oh my God, it's a game changer. I've like literally had an epiphany, right? And so for yourself, people might think, oh, James is really good at this or something. And he, and he probably is because of the upgrades that he did. And so to me, this is a massive mindset shift. We're indoctrinated from birth. You're told that Jesus is, you know, God's son and he rose on the third day and that there's, you know, Santa Claus and he comes at Christmas. You're also told that you have potential, which is a ceiling coming, and that you are predisposed to be better at worse at certain things. And I don't think that that's borne out in the academic research or in personal experience. And I think it's much more likely that it's just what leveling up have you done? And leveling up is quantity times quality. Yeah. So um, the, the, the two parts that I'm trying to see, there is a distinguishing um line to be drawn between what you mentioned when you say there is average and then there are people who continue to apply themselves to get above average i see that as like not competitive but you are basing yourself off other people right so you would see you would think of kobe and michael jordan in this category you would think like i care about my bird my definition if i'm kobe is is greatness is like is winning or you could think about someone like Jordan Peterson, who says like the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself yesterday. And are you just, are you growing in that uh, dimension? So I hear you talking about both. So it's this idea of what's above average and how are you leveling yourself up in that world? And then I hear you talking about, it's really just about, are you growing? Are you continuing to level yourself up individually? Do you think it's both? Do you think it's one or the other? So I think comparing yourself to others in the way you're talking about is probably more of a zero-sum mindset approach. Yep. And so to me, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, what I, the premise of this is not, you know, or I want to be great. The premise is what did those people do to become good at something? And can you too do that? So to me, what differentiates the greats from the average is what I've written, not what is greatness. That, that's That's different to me, is simply the quantity times quality of upgrades that they have done. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, there are some people that unfortunately have an impediment or a deficit that is difficult to overcome. That, but if you look at the studies and listen to someone like Joe Bowler, 90% of people to 95, that that starting point is effectively irrelevant. Uh, so to give you an example, IQ, I think, is an extraordinarily detrimental idea. Is that you're born with a fixed IQ and it can't move. But what's happened over the last 80 years, which is three generations, if they've gone up, two standard deviations on IQ. So two standard deviations means that the average person today would rank in the 94th percentile two standard deviations ago, two, two, sorry, 80 years ago. And so the average has gone up as an example, right? And I would posit that the reason for this is that we are surrounded by more media. So 
you know, we have more mathematics um, and we also have longer education. So 80 years ago, people spent less time in school, as an example. And so we're not biologically that different to our grandparents or great grandparents. We're not somehow two standard deviations better, but the tide is rising. Mm -hmm. And so this to me is a strong piece of evidence that humans' minds can level up and they're effectively the summation of the amount of upgrades that you have done. And I'm not trying to say, oh, you want to be great and you want to be better than average. I'm just saying, how did these people become great at something? Mm. Oh my God, I can apply that strategy to myself. How awesome, how freeing. It's not that I was dealt a bad hand or a good hand. Now, again, this is for 90% of people. It's what do I choose to want to do to upgrade myself in? And so to me, that's kind of what school is. You know, if you, if you go to university and you've done a law degree, you've done the upgrades in law. But if you have done an architecture degree, you haven't done the updates in law. And it's not like someone was born knowing law and someone was born not knowing law. They've simply done the upgrades. But that doesn't translate to most people's way of thinking. They think somehow someone's smarter and dumber. So the other words, like smart to me is one of the most detrimental ideas. It's cultivated. How much does that person level themselves up? Mm. And then they leveled up in mathematics but not leveled up in English like it was in my case at school. Yeah. So... Um... Like I, I, I hear the idea that for you, IQ is a very, is a detrimental, if I got that right, I concept because it it encourages more of this fixed mindset around more like here's your number, that is your level of intelligence. Like you know, don't keep trying. I, like my only pushback is that I I've not and I haven't been as exposed to the field of IQ studies as I imagine you would have been, but I've never heard it discussed in such a way that it's fixed. When I hear people talking about IQ, I hear them talk about how you can improve your IQ. I hear people talk about how, um, you know, I'm Albert Einstein, when he had his IQ tested at 18, it, it then doubled by the time he was 30. All of these different ideas. And then the one you talk about, which is generationally, we have gone up two standard deviations over the last however many years. Um, which doesn't fly in the face of IQ. It actually supports the notion that we as a society are increasing our level of intelligence by way of standing on giant, by way of cultural, um, you know, ascension into better education and access to information. So I just wanted to get a sense of like, do you think it's actually argued that IQ is fixed or do you think just the idea of IQ itself is something that doesn't help us get into this growth mindset? I think you and I have been talking for quite a long time about growth mindset. And that when I first encountered it in 2013, which is, you know, whatever, almost 10 years ago, it was relatively re revolutionary to me. And that most people think that your IQ is relatively fixed. That yeah, if you had a bad day, you might underperform a bit, a bit. But like, you know, there's people that are smart and dumb. Literally, oh, mm -hmm. that guy's smart. That person's dumb. Oh, you know, they say it all over the place. Oh, so and so was born a genius. Right? No, they're just reading a lot. So, as an example, there's a recent documentary on Elon Musk from BBC, and in it, Elon's mum is saying that Elon she thought was a genius. But when you look into it, what Elon was doing is reading all the time and solving puzzles because he didn't have friends and was bullied. And so he sort of turned inwards to books and was doing huge amounts of upgrades to himself. So the amount of reading that he had done by, say, age five was wildly more than other people. He was programming games and he's selling games, you know, as a 12-year-old. You listen to him, like, when he was a teenager, he was reading everything, like German, like, you know, Nietzsche, so, you know, philosophy, economics, everything. Just all he did is just read all night and he would pretend to go to sleep just as his mum came in to take him to school. So how many kids do you know that read all night all of their childhood and had read all of the philosophers and the stoists and the economists and history almost nobody and so that's what he was doing is mega upgrades what was i doing sleeping watching big brother 
you know, not not exactly some real highbrow stuff. <laughs> Didn't know Big Brother was around when we were five. I, I remember but as a teenager, there wasn't um yeah, it was definitely not doing lots of upgrades. Yeah. So okay, so so greatness is like is perpetual upgrading, maybe. Like if we if we were just so what differentiates the greats from the average was the premise. And I'm not mm -hmm. too worried about greatness. Okay. I'm worried about how someone got from average to great okay. and what the learnings from this can be that perhaps you can apply to yourself and, yep. and what I would hope is to change the mindset because I've come to see that I can help others upgrade and I believe I can upgrade myself and others can help me upgrade. And to have this mindset is free yep. and yep. is, in my opinion, against the standard orthodoxy of the West. So to me, I think the premise that you've put out is not what I was putting forward. What I was putting forward is what differentiates that greats from the average and that for 90% of people, you too can be great, but you have to do a great amount of upgrading to become that. Yeah. Now, if you don't want to do it, there are no shortcuts that I'm aware of. Um, if, you know, if you know of one, let me know. I don't know. But also, I've come to find the upgrades done well are really energizing and really you know, fun. Okay. So um, let's maybe uh, go for, and it's not about this is what you need to be great, but talk about what we think the ingredients involved or like what could be ingredients to helping uh adopt this this approach right so maybe one thing is this idea that you can up level yourself at the starting point you you spoke about how you know it was a turning point for you to go from this idea that i've been operating under a fixed mindset world whether i was taught that at school or i didn't realize it myself to now having the understanding of, wait a minute i can just continuously up level and i think that awareness alone is liberating for you to be able to feel like that you can continuously grow in, in whatever area you choose. Yeah, definitely. That, that's the major thing that I'm putting forward here is that you can level yourself up in mental pursuits. Like you're not going to be able to will yourself to grow. Like I'm 38. I'm not going to think about growing an inch and I'm going to grow an inch. But if I want to understand more about the New York education market, I'm, I'm currently in New York, I can level up in that space. Do you know, like it's not like, oh no, no, sorry, you weren't born with that special gene, and that's what you you're able to do, right? Um, and so, to me, one of the tricks to talk about this is like, the more you know about something, normally the more interesting it is. The better you are at doing something, normally the more rewarding it is. And so, to me, the upgrades or the leveling up started off as not very much fun, but have become more and more fun the more I know about something, and I like to believe. That I'm leveling up in something that I'm actually doing. So I'm not just a theoretician, I'm a practitioner, like I'm on the field playing. I'm not just doing the drills to like, you know, handball and mark the footy and do some weights. I'm actually playing the game. And so to me, a trick is to find the place that you want the world to improve, in my case, education, and then to start the upgrades. And they will start off like pretty boring, but now they're pretty fun. Like not just pretty fun, like super fun. Mm. So, like for me, that is a why. So for you, you find a place in the world where you think that there would be, you know, needing of an upgrade that you would enjoy pursuing, um, you know, and trying to improve. I, from, like, I think having that why, or like, it doesn't have to be a fully fleshed out and, um, you know, illustrated version of that, but it's something that, you know, it pulls you in. Um, the second part, I think, would help is a vision of what you think that, well could be you know you don't have to have again something fully formed because you might just think well i just want to improve education 
And so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to learn as much as I can about, um, you know, how it exists today. And through that, you might then be able to create, you know, a vision of a, of a future uh, reality where it could be improved. But do you think you need a vision in order to get started? Or do you think that builds itself along the way? And very much that everything changes. Um, mm. So to me, the idea of potential, the idea of a destination, it's, it's all off. Like to me, like they say, philosophy is about asking the right questions, not giving the right answers. So to me, you know, the two questions they say philosophers have been asking forever is what does it mean to live a good life and what is the common good? And those are questions you can never answer, but that hopefully over time you have improving, you know, sort of uh, 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 proposals to, or, you know, like a sort of here's my current thesis and I'm going to level that thesis up. So to me, just get started. Um, there are the major, you know, issues in the world. You know, I, I want to improve with education or I want to help with whatever it is, you know, sustainable energy and just start leveling up um I'd, I'd i'd say that it's probably best not to start over every whatever five years or 10 years because you're going to start from level zero like if if i was just to go to try to be an afl coach i'm starting at level zero um and you know hopefully i could level up quickly because i think i've gotten better at that but I'm, i don't know where the afl coaches are now like a level 100 i'm not exactly sure why that would be necessarily a great use of my time. Whereas I feel that I've spent 10 years trying to level up in education and that I'm wildly better than I was 10 years ago. And so I'm far, and also it's far more interesting and rewarding than it was 10 years ago. And so to me, I'm very comfortable to spend, this is the core area of my leveling up for the rest of my life. So it sounds like you've got this own, your own little self-reinforcing mechanism or a flywheel where kind of like when you're first learning to read or first learning to walk is frustrating. Like I watch, um, you know, when my girls were first trying to get up and walk for the first time or when they're trying to turn letters into words for the first time, it's very aggravating for them. But when you, uh, you know, once you've gotten to like, let's just say the first level of mastery where you can actually now read full sentences, like a whole new world opens up to you. And then that suddenly starts becoming more reinforcing because now you want to learn more words so that you can discover new worlds. And then like what you've said before, like you first you learn to read and then you read to learn. Mm. And that helps like, uh, reinforce this idea is that yeah things really may suck in the beginning but if you continue to push yourself then it suddenly becomes its own like rewarding ecosystem or this pathway that you're on yeah so they talk about places that have a ceiling and places that don't have a ceiling so as an example i can now walk um and i don't think i need to be able to walk better um, <laughs> so you know water you know it's it's got zero percent you know germs in it you can't get better than zero percent germs, right? I thought you were going to get water can't get any wetter. <laughs> yeah, or it's like it's 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 one hundred percent, you know, healthy, or you know, there's nothing in there, right? So you can't get one hundred and ten percent. Whereas other areas are ceilingless. So, for instance, I don't know, problem solving in any field, whether it's artificial intelligence, medicine, friends, comedy, whatever else it is, right? And if you look through the greats, so like I don't know, you, you listen to to people like whatever Chappelle talk about all the work they did to go from you know, not being, you know, good at comedy to being really good. And even in places where biology matters a lot, like basketball, you know, if you're short, it's a massive impediment, right? Like a literal physical impediment. But then, you know, Michael Jordan outworking everybody or Kobe outworking everybody. Do you know what I mean? And so to me, whatever field it is in, um, yeah, we, you can level up. The biology matters in some, but in the, the pure academic ones, like if you're sitting at a desk and you're doing, I don't know, data analysis, or you're making education products like me, it doesn't matter if I'm tall or short or, you know, male or female, it matters the level upgrades that I have done. Mm. Okay, so 
like again this is me just trying to see if i can um like grapple with like how we can take learnings and apply them to ourselves or others so it might not actually be as important as having a why or even a vision which is more about like what what is it that you want to do it seems like it's all about this mindset and it can start with the the realization that you can continue leveling up um and then it's also the mindset around well if i work hard at this if i continue to work on you know this new area that i'm interested in or this new craft or you know if i practice playing the piano 10 hours a day for you know 10 years that's going to you know have a very very significant impact on my ability to play the piano um so i think that looking at not just the mindset but other elements of like how you can apply yourself so maybe you require things like discipline and i don't say that it's discipline that you have to do the hard work and it's hard work every day but there might be times where you don't want to do this it might be times when you feel like well this sucks i don't i i want to quit um and i, I can't remember uh god it, anyway but he talks about discipline is freedom one of the four-star generals no he wasn't a four-star general he was a navy seal yeah um, so do you think that's an important factor as well? Yeah. Um, so they say first you make your habits, then your habits make you. Mm -hmm. um, and so as an example, in a classroom, um, what many good teachers are trying to do is set up the routines. How do you enter routine? How do you ask routine, et cetera? And so then you've kind of got the underlying infrastructure of the classroom set up and then learning can occur, right? Uh, and so to me, Monday to Friday, I have a hectic identical routine bed at the same time up at the same time gym in the morning exactly the same thing gym eat exactly the same thing like literally i do not think i know what breakfast lunch and dinner are monday to friday afternoon and this means that i don't need to put energy into it so one of the things they say is that some habits are easy to start hard to stop some habits are hard to start hard to stop but all habits are hard to stop and your brain actually wires into this, this is called neuroplasticity so once you've built the routine of, for instance, I get up, rain, hail, or shine, does not matter, my alarm, I go to the gym, rain, hail, or shine, I don't need to expend any energy into going to the gym. But I also go to the gym for my body and for my mind. So at that time at the gym, I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks, and I'm in, in, eating information about the world or education or whatever it is that I think is interesting. And so to me, you've got to try to set up your environment to work with you, mm -hmm. um, not against you. And one of the core things about that is routines. Now, it takes discipline to set the routine up. But then once it's set up, because you're in a routine now called snoozing your alarm, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Yeah. Or, or, you know, um, and, and so sometimes it does. But other ones, like, I don't know, eating chocolate might not take discipline to do, but stopping eating chocolate might, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> to me, um, yeah, routines are, or habits, whatever you want to call them, uh, I think one of the absolute best hacks for parenting, for teaching, for life, for everything. Mm -hmm. But then I also have a day of no routine, uh, which is called Saturday. So there's no like you just sleep into whenever you sleep in, you do whatever you want. So I don't think you should have a routine 100% of the time, but you should definitely not have it 0% of the time, I think. Yeah, yeah. For me, like one of the things I find helpful is that it, you, you've got to set yourself up for success. So mm -hmm. you, you talk about this idea of chocolate. If there's chocolate in, in like arm's reach, I'm going to grab it. Like I can... Mm -hmm. Chocolate, oh. like, I have zero self-discipline. Like mum and dad's house, there's chocolate lying everywhere. And every time I go to the kitchen, there's like a piece of chocolate in my mouth. Exactly. It's like a war zone. Like so, I literally, I move in with them around Christmas for a week and mum, the most beautiful human, is trying to make sure we're all well fed. But in my house, there's no chocolate in the house because I know what I do. I 
eat the chocolate. So the only chocolate, like something like cereal, I'm not going to eat it, right? But chocolate, hey, Duncan, come eat me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I have no defense mechanisms like for chocolate because I, I just don't have it around. That's easier. Whereas yeah. I go to mom and dad's house and there's blood chocolate everywhere. It's awful. I eat chocolate like a pig. Yeah. So like for me, that the, the, the simple answer is that I just don't have chocolate within arm's reach. I, I don't have chocolate in the house. Um, and I think the adult chocolate is this little thing that we carry with us that goes around everywhere. So when I look at um, how I set up, yeah. I, sorry, um, is my phone. And so when I look at, when I think about, when I sit down for work and I put it right here and I'm trying to think about the task I have before me or, you know, the frog that I need to eat to get the day started, uh, then I get this do-do-do-do, and I'm like, oh, what's that? Is that a notification? Someone wants something or something's happening. I'll pick up the phone and I'll let myself get distracted. And mm -hmm. so... I can either will myself into ignoring this thing that is perpetually hitting my frontal lobe, or I can set up an environment where I am not getting allowing myself to, to get distracted by my phone. So I think like, yeah, setting this, this idea of like creating the environment where you can succeed um, and also setting habits up so that you allow yourself to enter into this mode of like perpetual motion, I think is also really, really important as well. Um, the next thing I had was um, whether it's about ego or scientific uh, thinking like a scientist. For me, when we're trying to level ourselves up, we're entering into new worlds where we don't have full knowledge or awareness or understanding. And so we might have an idea of what it is that we want to pursue. We might have thoughts on, uh, or if I build this or if I um, you know, create that, it'll change the world. And... For me, I think what is helpful is to allow you to say, well, this is an idea and I should test it, but if it fails, then I can take learning from that and then try something new, as opposed to say, well, this is a great idea. It, this is what needs to work. Hmm. I mean, if you're talking about like upgrades, now again, I'm talking mainly about a knowledge job, um, not becoming great at basketball or, or weightlifting or something. Mm -hmm. um, to me, the major modalities are reading, thinking, talking, writing, building, and user testing. And you need to cycle through them. Um, and so if you want to get better at something, read what others have written about it. Then talk to people about it. Then write about it because writing is synthesizing. Reading is normally loading the pantry and writing is making a little recipe and putting it together to use it. You know, then build a bit of a product. Then show people the product and watch what they see because normally what you think it is and what they think it is have sometimes no overlap in the Venn diagram. <laughs> but normally about 50% overlap. And you're like, oh, God, how did I not understand that? Um, and so to me, yeah, I, I like to think that I've got better strategies to level up, but also that a big part of this, so they talk about in reading comprehension, one of the most important components is background knowledge. So background knowledge is things you know about other stuff. And so background knowledge helps you learn new things. So effectively, the more you know, the more you can learn. This is like well-documented in education research. And so to me, you can level up in things and being great, quote unquote, versus a normal or average is just the some outcome of the upgrades that you've done. Mm. So try to find time to do the upgrades and those modalities. So the reading for me is actually audio and it's when I'm at the gym and it made me look forward to the gym. So if I just went to the gym and after work, I don't want to listen. Before work, my mind is hungry. After work, it wants to chill more. Um, it, it's, it's like I love it for my mind and for my body. But if I had to pick one of the two, I'd pick for my mind. <laughs> That's more important to me. Um, yeah, so you've got this idea of, um, you know, wanting to, to 
to set things up in such a way that they actually, you know, play with, you know, whether it's what works for you or not. So like this idea of like, I like to listen and absorb information before I get the day started, whereas at the end of the day, I'm burnt out. And I think being aware of those kind of like cues will, will help build that momentum. Um, the other thing is, no, like, so this, so this was the idea that I had, which is, you said the more you learn, the more you can learn, or something of that. Well, background knowledge is one of the fundamental outcomes for how much you can comprehend in something. Yeah. Effectively, background knowledge is just existing knowledge. And this is what people call knowledge intelligence, or yeah. the knowledge yeah. from Natalie Wexler. Um, and so you know now more, hopefully today, than you did 10 years ago. And so when you read an article today, you can link it onto other things more mm -hmm. than you could. Yeah. And so as such, your ability to learn from that article is partially dependent upon your background knowledge or what you can learn as a function of what you know. The more you know, the more you can learn. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to try and tack onto that is the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And yeah. I find that quite liberating because I'm sure you, like myself, remember very early days of like your formative uh, career outside of university. Um, at least for myself, I wanted to appear like I knew everything that was being thrown at me. I was like, yeah, oh, that, yeah, no, I can do that. Like, oh, sure, no, that sounds like I can, you know, get that done, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to appear like I didn't know the answer because I was afraid of seem, seeming incompetent. Um, and then that they would, you know, wouldn't want me around and then I would get fired. Mm -hmm. from, what I'm, from what I'm experiencing is that when I go through um, and I interact with more senior people, people who are more experienced, I hear a lot more from them when they can set, feel confident saying, like, I don't know. And they actually have that confidence because they know that they've already learned a lot, that they're quite skilled or experienced or senior in their craft. But by being through this journey of learning and then having a, a better foundation of the ability to learn more, they can also more confidently say, Here's what, here's what I don't know. Um, and I can then use that to not, not, it's not about humility, but it's about being able to open yourself up to learning more as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think so there's two types of people, those that don't know and those that know they don't know. Mm. Um, and so to me, this is done in Kruger by a different name. You go from level zero to like level one and you think, oh, I know everything. And <laughs> then as you know, these, then you go down and then you kind of get to like, level 10, you realize that it's all complicated and you don't really understand oh, nice. it. And then you sort of go up again, right? Um, but I think for a question from me, like if you could give yourself advice 10 years ago about leveling up or just even that you could level up, like it's so deeply indoctrinated. Like even at the beginning of this, you and I talked a lot. I think you were still with part of the standard understanding of like, you know, whatever, you're born better or worse than this. So another example is personality. Now I'm not saying that there are no differences I'm not saying there aren't biological things, but for something like comedy, for something like people management skills, for something like mathematics, for something like whatever, being a doctor, you know, for something like social emotional intelligence, uh, which is, you know, how good you are at being a friend, how empathetic you can be. Those things are built, in my opinion, not born. Uh, and I think the studies bear these out. Um, and I, I, I fundamentally did not think that. I thought that you know, there was a potential, like you said at the beginning, and that if I worked hard, I could reach the top of my potential. And if I was lazy at the bottom, but some people were, just were luckier and they got a better lot in life when they were born than me. And, you know, I was lucky that I was good at maths, but, you know, I wasn't good at English, but at least I was good at something. So 
you know, be thankful for that. You know, you, you, know, you weren't the bad at everything person, <laughs> um, but some people were good at everything sort of thing, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, what you're saying would remind me of the, the graph where they say, like, when you start off on something, you're like, whoa, this is super easy. I'm awesome at this. And then you're like, suddenly go right down. You're like, whoa. Danny Kruger. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dunning Kruger, you don't know that you're stupid. Uh, no, but the Dunning Kruger is you think you're good and then you realize that this. That's what Dunning Kruger right, is. Right. Okay, so this is Dunning Kruger here and then you kind of go. Yeah, so you start off and you, so you think at the beginning that you're good because you don't know what good is and then you learn more and then you realize that you weren't good. Um, so, yeah. Way but why have a version of Dunning Kruger in there, but you know they've um, Dunning Kruger came up with it uh, in my understanding significantly earlier than the Way but why stuff like decades yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, like um, something that I, I'm reminded of constantly is that um, they say I've, I've been told, you know, James, the worst thing about stupid people is that they they don't know they're stupid, and so they have to walk around impacting everyone uh, in their vicinity with their stupidity. So, um, so, so that's another really I think really good kind of mental model to think about in terms of like you don't have to be a master in something it's you just want you just have to want to start and mm -hmm. then create the, the the environment where you can then continue to level yourself up in that particular area um and you kind of said it in the beginning where it becomes enjoyable right at the beginning it's kind of like ah, but then it becomes enjoyable i also think it is helpful for you to make it enjoyable. So something like really trivial, like reading, you know, when I've got my girls and I want them to, to improve in their reading skills, like the most obvious trick in the book for me, pun intended, is, uh, you know, find a book that they enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. And then they'll want to actually come back to that more and more. So like, I don't really care, um, you know, what it is, what the content of the book is, that's not as important as them wanting to get something every single night and going through one, two, three pages um, so that they can improve their, their reading skills. So to make that enjoyable, I think it's kind of like maybe it's a hack or it's just something in addition to um, helping you build this adoptive uh, growth mindset of, of continuously improving in that area. One of the things I talk about with children is that Motivation often starts extrinsically. So for instance, a parent is pushing a child to play the violin or to, to do whatever their homework and then gets taken on intrinsically uh, if they are going to become really good at this or they're going to level up much faster than average. And so often that is needed to happen. So you need to start the flywheel of self, you know, positive feedback and hopefully measuring yourself against yourself. So that to me, internal scorecard not external scorecard, which is the same thing, Peterson. That's, that's an internal scorecard and external I got from Buffett. Um, and so to me, the, the point I'm trying to get to here is that for the intellectual things I've talk, talked about, you're starting at level zero and you can get to whatever level, whatever level you want. Um, and the further up you get at leveling, the more enjoyable it normally becomes. But then there's a second one, which is you slowly get better at going from level zero to level 10. So I'll jump into a new place where I didn't know anything. And part of it's background knowledge, but part of it's also the strategies you apply. And so it's also fun getting better at leveling up in general. So there's like the first derivative or the meta layer of leveling, how good you are at leveling up. Yeah. And so if you, or learning to learn, you know, so the better you are improving or leveling up, normally the more fun things are. And so I, I suppose I 
didn't know that you could level up. I thought people had to level you up. You had to read the book. You had to be in the university degree or whatever else it is. Not that you could put yourself on your own self-improvement program, on your own leveling up program. Mm. So I asked people, what is your self-improvement program? And if they don't have one, I'm like, uh, you're probably not going to improve very much. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on, and I'm not arguing for it, I'm just uh, trying to see if, if it makes sense on there being levels to leveling yourself up. And I can give you an example. I remember quite vividly when I was, you know, in 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 like primary school, we call it. Um, I had been going to Saturday swim, like for as long as I could remember, from when I first started swimming at around three or four years old. And because I'd gone to Saturday swim classes, I was above average swimmer in my school. Um, I wouldn't say I was the fastest swimmer, but I would maybe top three. And that had this self-reinforcing cycle. I like being in the top three swimming. I liked swimming itself. It was an enjoyable sport and activity for me. Um, and I was applying it consistently every single weekend. And I remember my dad coming in um, on the weekend and he said to me, um, he actually sat down. He said, so James, like, you know, you're really good at swimming, but where you are right now is it, you, if you want to continue to be really good, you're going to need to make a decision because the next year, People who are competitive in this sport, they swim four hours every day, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. If they if they want to go into like competitive sports, state swimming, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and so, if this is something you want to continue doing, that's going to be the level that you're going to want to have to swim at. Now, I'm not advocating that you have to push yourself to get to, um, you know, state swimming championships or anything like that. Um, but if you're thinking about in terms of if you want to continuing if you want to continue to push yourself above what is average, well, at that year level or whatever, average is now something different. And so I actually said to myself, well, I think, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to swim two hours every morning, two hours every evening. I mean, it was just something fun and I did get enjoyment out of it. But this idea that like, as you continue to go, there are new levels that you now need to think about, um, you know, do I need to apply myself differently? Let me go and it's like, so in sports stuff, there's far more, you know, potential, I would say. So some sports are much more strategy. So for instance, the, the best footballer, like AFL, is not the fastest runner or the strongest person, right? They, they read the play, et cetera. So I'm going to argue that, yes, there's physicality involved, but I'm just going to make up a number. Like it's 75% mental stuff, like how good you are at strategy and 25% physical. Whereas in swimming, I think it's like 90% physical. So there is an idea of potential in, in swimming. And if you don't, you can reach it. You have to do hard work because everyone's swimming. But like if I did exactly what Ian Thorpe's program was, I don't think I'm swimming as fast as Ian Thorpe, right? <laughs> um, so that's a place with a ceiling, um, whereas other places there aren't. Mm -hmm. And also the, it's kind of known that you have to do this sort of training, whereas I'm on my own training program. Like I am my own self-coach in some respects. Now, it doesn't mean I, I don't want advice from others, and, and I do, and I, I try to, you know, look for coaches, et cetera. But I suppose I'm my own biggest coach, and I've got a program that, one, it's like, then the sheer quantity that I do is probably 10 to 20 hours a week, which I don't know anyone else is doing 10 to 20 hours a week of upgrades. Um, and I like to believe that the quality of each hour has gone up on average, so that, for instance, versus five years ago, each hour on average is better. That doesn't mean... Every hour is great. It's just that the average is slowly improving because I'm getting better at finding things. My background knowledge is stronger. Um, and so 
to me, people conflate the swimming potential with mental stuff where I don't see a ceiling. So as an example, human knowledge is sort of limitless. Um, it's, you can look around, like, you know, what we're doing today, they, no, they couldn't even imagine 100 years ago. Like it was beyond the realms of conception, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's well and truly past any reasonable doubts that we can continue making knowledge ad infinitum and that you too can do that, hopefully. I didn't know that. Okay. So is it then, because like, I definitely agree with this semblance of like compounding knowledge is limitless. And the more you learn, the more that you can create these connections in, you know, this poly, poly mathematical way. I was going to say polygamous or polyamory. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> poly means many. So polymath, I don't know why, yeah, I don't understand the etymology of that, but yeah, polymath means you are good in multiple fields. Yeah, so like if you are a really like one of the schools of sources, like you're if you're a really good engineer, then you have a perspective on design elements that designers don't have, and so you can create those connections, um, mm -hmm. you know, in a different way. I would mm -hmm. say. Um, so, does in your mind greatness require an output or an outcome, or is it really just about you leveling yourself up mentally? Yeah, so I think you and I are conceiving of what greatness is in in very different ways. I, I was just interested to say people that are great quote at something versus those that are average, what is the reason? Mm. And in my opinion, for the mental things like comedy, like your ability to empathize, like your ability to teach, like people management, like whatever else it is, it's because of the upgrades that you've done, which is quantity times quality. Mm. And so, okay, if that's the case, then if you're not, you're in the 90, 95% of people that don't have that impediment, that's a freeing, beautiful thing. I didn't think that at school. I thought, well, I was pretty strong at maths and science and average at English. And that's just my lot in life. And there were people that were better at me than maths. And, you know, at least I was in the sort of top 10%, you know, but I wasn't the best or whatever, right? Uh, so, so, but that was, that was, you know, better than not being, you know, in the top 10% of anything. Whereas I'm like, no, actually, that is, had done more upgrades at the time. And now that I'm on my own self improvement program, um, and I've seen myself grow, and I've also been able to grow others. I'm like, oh my God, why do we have such a fixed mindset or zero sum approach, which is the limiting? So they say mindsets are psychological prisons. Um, and the idea of smart and dumb, which is IQ is fixed, is extraordinarily detrimental. So as an example, they measure the amount of fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Growth mindset is you can grow your abilities. Fixed mindset is they're fixed. You can't in different countries and in different fields. So as an example, in East Asia, so Japan, whatever, China, in mathematics, they have a much stronger growth mindset than we do in the West. So if children in China don't do well on maths, normally the parents will say, well, you didn't work hard enough. Mm -hmm. And if children in the West don't do well, they say, well, don't worry, you're not good at maths, we'll find something you're good at. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's that programming, just like you think that there is heaven and hell, you know, until you've been able to be deprogrammed from religious scripture through, you know, the ed education system you know, you break yourself free. Like we need to break ourselves free because I feel that this story is really detrimental. Mm. So like, I, I get this idea that if we aren't given the opportunity to, to, to find within ourselves that we can create our own like meaning, well, not meaning, but like we can become great if we believe that we just need to apply ourselves and that we just want to level up in whatever field, whether it's mathematics, whether it's education, whether it's, you know, parenting, uh, whether it's swimming, all of those different elements. So, uh, But I some of them, like the physical ones, yeah, said so like the sport ones, especially the ones which don't involve strategy, 
which are much more pure physical stuff. But to the mental, I should have clarified this, the mental stuff, there is ceilingless. Mm. Um, and for 90% of people, the upgrades you do make the starting point you have relative, effectively irrelevant. I, I, agree, I agree that there is a ceiling to competitive sports because it's zero sum. Um, but it's also, I think, it's just, it, it, it helps give a illustration for people around like, well, you know, look at Steph Curry. You know, he's, he's five foot 10, which is like a midget in, in the NBA, but he worked hard on his, on his game. You know, he, he worked on leveling up in an area that made him one of the most successful basketballers of all time. And he's two, he's six, two James. Six two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, you're six, four or five, whatever. So he's not, you know, exactly tall in basketball terms, but six, two is still not five, 10 is pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the the idea is that it's not you. You need to be born to be a great basketballer. You need to be six ten. You need to have um, you know seven foot wingspan, all of this other kind of stuff. Is you can like level yourself up even in a sport to become you know whatever definite whatever version of great. And I'm not advocating that that's the same as leveling yourself up mentally, but it kind of like gives a really good um, example of that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I asked this question earlier, and then I think I went on a tangent after. If you could give yourself advice, one, do you do you feel that this resonates with you? This idea that in in the mental spaces like data analysis, like empathy, like parenting, like product management, that you can level up. And and so you know, if yes, cool. And then two, if you could give yourself advice about leveling up, say ten years ago, what would you what would it be? So the, the answer to the first question is a resounding yes. Um, like I th I think in in whatever mental pursuit, there is no limit. To, to what you can learn. And even if you feel like that you are the, the the master of the universe in one area, then you can continue learning another area that will then in increase your your lateral awareness as well. Like only if you believe that, which I don't. Um, what advice would I give myself 10 years ago? Which, well, that's really scary. That was like when I was 28. <laughs> uh, so maybe 20 years ago when I was 18. Um, the advice I would give myself is that you don't have to you know, be better than anyone else in order for you to be really good at something that you enjoy. And what I mean by that is just like find what you find what you enjoy, um, and and just do whatever you can to 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 learn more about it, and to you know just find ways of in you know in embedding that in your life so that you can level yourself up. I don't know what do you think. Though? I think that. There are certain things that you might have come to enjoy for whatever reason, but the passions can be built. And so to me, when we started at Rolo, which is the mission to improve education, I knew not very much about education. I'd literally been to school, that's it. I hadn't been a teacher, I hadn't studied. But I've spent a, a material amount of time over the last 10 years leveling up in this space. Now, I've never been a classroom teacher. So if you put me into a classroom, I don't think I would be very good. But I've spent <laughs> time a significant amount of time trying to think about how to make resources for teachers. So I like to think I'm much better at this. So am I passionate about this, building resources to help improve educational outcomes? Goddamn right out. Was I passionate at the beginning? No. And so to me, I'm not saying that you, you can't sort of like things or whatever, or that like, I don't know, whatever, Game of Thrones isn't entertaining. Um, but passions can be built. And Passions that are built, I think, are far more likely to be lasting than those that are just kind of came along and they're ephemeral. Um, and so to me, 
the better I get at something, normally the more rewarding it is. The more I know it's about something, normally the more interesting it is. So the, the advice I would have is that you can level yourself up, pick something that you think is not going to be something that you're not going to want to have learned about. Mm. Parenting, empathy, people management, improving education, you know, climate change, whatever, right? And so it, but one thing that could be like, I used to really like clothing, right? And you and I did a short course on, you know, making clothing. And I could not give two hoots about clothing now, right? Or making clothing. But at the time, you know, I don't know, we were bloody, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, wanted to be cool or something. Like, I don't care about being cool at all now. But you're like, what's the cool party? And like, you know, is, is that clothing cool? I used, to, I used to think about that stuff. Like, such a inane thing to think about with a bit of a hindsight. <laughs> so to me, yeah, that's, that's the advice I'd give myself. Cool. All right. So, all right, we're coming up to the end of the hour, Duncan. The, the quick, a quick time again, but like, I think time for summary. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I think um, that in mental pursuits, uh, most of them, um, that you can level up uh, if you do the upgrades, and upgrades equals quantity times quality. And this is almost everything from comedy to how good you are as a friend to empathy to mathematics to you know, data analysis to, you know, whatever it is that Steve Jobs did, pro, you know, product creation. And I didn't know that. Um, I thought that people were born smart or dumb and that you had potential and that you had like some of the, the humanities people and some people that were science people. And I don't think that the evidence bears this out. And I think that, as said, like mindsets are psychological prisons. And so I feel like I was in a prison. Um, and this is my lot in life. And it wasn't the best lot, but it wasn't a bad lot. So overall, it was like, you know, okay. And to me, I feel that if we're able to break free of these psychological prisons or shackles, that we can then help people. So a big component of this, I think, as an example, like fixed mindset is you can't see it, you can't be it. Well, to me, we should be telling people that there are always pioneers and that anybody can be the pioneer first and that there are things that people do that have never been done before. And you too can do stuff that's never been done before. But you're probably going to have to do a lot of leveling up to be able to get there because the frontier of stuff that's never been done before is now pretty far away because <laughs> humans have done a lot of leveling up over the last, whatever, millennia. And so to me, this is a really freeing thing. It's a really freeing idea. Um, and with the access to the internet, you can access most information anytime, anywhere on demand. So that's pretty cool. Like, whereas you didn't have to get to a library even 20 years ago or whatever else it is, right? So to me, greatness is the sum outcome of the upgrades that you have done and get started on trying to do upgrades. <laughs> well put, thank you. Um, so, like, one of the things I really looked forward to and enjoyed the most about this this conversation was trying to get to a really clear and cohesive understanding of what it means to be great. Because I'm pretty sure if you asked 100 people, you'd get 100 different answers. And so really trying to distill it down to, well, like, there are people in the world who might just be, you know, average in whatever pursuits that they have. And then there are those who um, you know, operate at a level or so above. And what is it that makes them that, um, you know, that that great? And unpacking this idea that it's not that you're born great or that you have personalities that complement greatness, but rather there's this um, gross mindset or there's this idea that if you um, continue to level yourself up in a area or multiple areas mentally, physically it's possible as well, but we've gone through that, but mentally, then there's no limit to how much you can improve. And that 
that journey, that process of continuing down that path, whether you create, you know, habits where or 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 systems where you can continue that um, that virtuous cycle, um, is that process where you can achieve greatness. And like I agree to your point, Duncan, it's not about a destination or a fixed outcome or a tangible result. It's this, um, it, you know, it's this experience or this journey of like. You know, where were you when you started and how much have you leveled yourself up over time and how much are you continuing on that journey as well? So I thought that was really interesting and I really enjoyed this one. But um, yeah, like had a great time. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Like, yeah, talking about these things is just fun. So another, another recommendation, do a podcast with your friend. <laughs> it's yeah. an incredible tool to level up. Uh, all right, James, until next time. Um, well, I'll speak to you soon anyway, but you know, we will hopefully do another podcast soon. Yeah, dude. Speak to you soon. Bye.